0: There's no denying that when compliance works, it's by the rulebook, but it also needs to be by the playbook. That is getting buy-in across the company, top to bottom, from executives and employees who carry out the regulatory mandates. What does compliance culture look like and why is it essential to delivering a bank's bottom line to a brand new level? To find out, we'll be talking with Pam Perdue, Executive Vice President and Chief Regulatory Officer at Continuity. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Wonderful to have you here with us, and even more so because... It's our one-year anniversary here at the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. This is our 46th episode, and for those of you who've been there since the beginning and joined us along the way, we could not have done it without you. And for those of you new to the podcast, well, come on in. This week, we've got a great guest coming in from Alpharetta, Georgia, Pam Perdue. Pam is Executive Vice President and Chief Regulatory Officer at Continuity, a recognized reg tech leader offering compliance management solutions to hundreds of banks across the nation. Pam leads the company's regulatory operations center, and that includes former bankers, compliance officers, and attorneys to deliver a holistic reg tech solution to the industry's compliance challenges. And Pam, wonderful to have you here.
1: Thanks, Lou. It's great to be here. I'm one of those unusual folk who gets a kick out of talking about compliance. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. (laughs)
0: We'll have to see how that works. I'm intrigued. So let's talk about the culture of compliance. And for a lot of people in banking, culture and compliance would seem to be two words that don't mesh at all. Yet that's something you feel very strongly about. Tell us what a culture of compliance looks like and why it's important for financial services.
1: It's interesting. There have been ripped from the headlines many examples where culture broke down. Compliance culture isn't just an expectation. It's a set of values and beliefs. The strongest cultures have five key ingredients. The first ingredient is that compliance is pervasive throughout the organization. So it isn't just something that's thought of as a necessary evil, but when you look at it through that necessary evil lens, it robs you of the opportunity to make it a competitive advantage. Everybody throughout the organization, top to bottom, has to embed compliance into their own activities. It's also gotta be invisible, not something that's an afterthought, but something that is embedded right into the business process so that you don't even notice it. The other hallmark of a good culture is that it's a dynamic living breathing thing it changes when the environment and the context change it changes when a regulation changes it changes when there's a management change and it takes a more systematized approach to deploying itself throughout the organization i guess in today's landscape we might call it viral right when it changes then the culture also correspondingly changes
0: Wow, that's a great description. What are some other elements?
1: The fourth element is that a strong culture is business aware. And all too often where there's been a failure, it's because compliance was siloed. It, it failed to follow the first three rules. Compliance is there to facilitate the right people making the right decisions at the right time. It incorporates things like a revenue awareness. It understands the business and growth objectives of the organization. It understands the risk profile of different decisions. And it considers the overall impact, not just what does the compliance department think. So it's got to be business aware. And then last but not least, the fifth key ingredient to a strong culture is that it needs to be outcome-focused, not rules-focused. And you think of compliance as following a prescription, right? This is the traditional way it's been done. People have read a regulation. That regulation is perceived as a prescription that's been written by the doctor-slash-examiner that tells us what we're supposed to do. But in a strong compliance culture, it's focused on driving a compliant outcome, not necessarily following a strict set of rules. And this is where you see the most effective organizations really treating compliance management differently. They look at how do I drive a compliant outcome that's in line with our risk appetite, not how do I
0: blindly follow this prescription from the regulatory body. What are some steps that banks can take to spread out from the silo and really make compliance culture pervasive?
1: I think that the first step in any improvement process, whether it's compliance or some other business process, is taking stake of where you are today. Knowing what your current culture is like is going to give you a benchmark against which to measure future improvements. Now, rather than deploy some complicated, messy, hundred-point scale of things, you can just think of it along two axes. And on the X-axis, horizontally, is your organization more reactive or is it more proactive? Now imagine on the Y-axis, you've got at the top, progressive, and at the bottom, traditional. So where do you fall in that range of activity? So by understanding first where your organization sits today, it helps you to understand the necessary path to getting your little dot to whatever space on that grid you want it to be. None of this is gonna happen overnight. In deciding how quickly you're going to move, you gotta understand the moving pieces and parts then there are really four areas of compliance management that can help you decide where to focus efforts. The first is what's the compliance mindset of the organization? Is it necessary evil or is it we really want to do the right thing? Because you can't drive any of these corresponding cultural shifts unless you are of a like mind. How do you change mindset? How do you get it out of the compliance silo and into other parts of the business? Compliance and risk professionals have to look in the mirror, and they need to be honest with themselves about whether they are inviting or avoiding the dialogue that contributes to compliant outcomes. So rather than looking at compliance as the job of the compliance department, The mindset shift that has to take place is we're here to oversee this program. We're here to help you implement compliance steps and processes, and we can only do that if we're talking all the time. In 2018, we can't be the -the look-over-the-shoulder people. We can't be the -the check-the-checkers-checker people. We've got to be engaged in the business discussion up front, and mindset is a driver of that.
0: Mindset is crucial. How can an engaged culture make this happen efficiently?
1: I've never seen it work well if the tone at the top isn't established. The leadership has to view compliance as an embedded part of the internalized aims of the company. Understanding the business impacts of these decisions and making it a core value of the enterprise to generate profits responsibly. When those kinds of goals are communicated from the board on down, now people start to understand the role that they play in this compliance ecosystem. So it's not a whole lot different than other types of culture issues in the organization, but I think that the compliance overlay makes it easier for people to resist against, right? Because who doesn't wanna complain about rules and regulations? But in the most effective organizations, management and the board don't rely on that scapegoat. They own the responsibility to drive compliant outcomes.
0: I love the notion of set the tone at the top. Elaborate a little bit on that in terms of what you see that really can change the orientation of the compliance and risk officers.
1: The most transformative moment is when that compliance or risk officer recognizes that they are making a meaningful difference in the competitive landscape for their company. You're not just there to nag people. You're not there just to be a box checker. You are there to show your organization how to drive compliant outcomes at the lowest practical and effective price point that will create a competitive advantage for your institution. And when you see the light bulb go on over the head of a person who's just made that connection, you can be sure that their organization is gonna be transformed by their behavior. When you start talking about the fact that doing this effectively is gonna give you a couple hundred thousand extra dollars to go hire another lending officer, Or maybe you don't have to have that audit every 12 months. You can delay it to an 18 month interval. Now, suddenly people want to invite you into the conversation.
0: I'm so glad I invited you into the conversation because the light bulb went on over my head at least half a dozen times during the interview. Some spectacular insights. Pam, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Pam Perdue is Executive Vice President and Chief Regulatory Officer at Continuity. Be sure to look for Pam on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, compliance culture works not based on expectations, but values and beliefs. That's based on several key ingredients. First and foremost is that compliance is present in the organization top to bottom and that it's treated as an opportunity, not a burdensome requirement. Dynamic, living, breathing compliance culture is never static. Number two, compliance cannot be siloed, and it's actually tied to the revenue and business objectives of a company. Compliance management Means compliant outcomes as opposed to blindly following prescriptions from regulatory bodies. Keep this in mind as you develop a compliance culture. And number three, most of all, compliance is a mindset. You either regard it as a necessary evil or doing the right thing by your customers and the bottom line of your financial services institution. Think of it as a graph. On the x-axis, there's a continuum from reactive to proactive. And on the y-axis, it's whether your company is progressive or traditional. Understanding where your organization sits on the graph informs moving you from the point where you are to the point where you want to be. BAI's Loan Review Certificate Program helps you gain the skills and expertise to make smart decisions as you manage your organization's credit and loan portfolios. Save $200 when you register for our April course by March 15th. Use the code L20. Learn more at BAI.org seminars. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you... The Aha Moment, where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. When you're starting out in a career, it pays to have mentors in that field that can help you make discerning judgments. But sometimes the mentor is right there in your family and has nothing to do with the profession that you've chosen. Here, Pam talks about how her father, a hardworking man with great values, helped her to figure out her path in financial services. Listen.
1: Fairly early in my career, I was a little bit down on the role of compliance officer. It was one of those soul-searching moments. I was in my mid-20s. I just struck out on my own to be my first chief compliance officer role at a 20-branch sort of local institution in the Denver area. Having had a background in the arts and performing and having done a lot of volunteer work, I just couldn't see the connection between the benefit that my role as a compliance person was giving to society and how I wanted to define myself and my future. So I was talking to my favorite mentor, which was my father. The most he ever made was $12 an hour. He was a blue-collar guy. He drove a truck that paved the streets and plowed the snow in Columbus, Ohio. And he said to me, well, let me ask you a question, honey. He said, how many people work at that bank where you are? And I said, about a 1,000. He said, now, if that bank got in trouble and they had to shut it down, wouldn't all those people be out of jobs? And I said, well, yeah, Dad, I guess I hadn't really thought about it that way. He said, well, honey, what you do is making a difference for those people because every day you're making sure that they continue to have a roof over their head and feed their families and enjoy coming to their workplace and can be there and be proud of where they work. And it really just changed my entire mindset. It connected me to a deeper purpose and a deeper meaning. In the role of a compliance professional, and really found inspiration in that many times over the years.
0: Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And 2018 is a great time to do a number of things through BAI.org. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook linkedin and twitter to stay up to date on bai's latest and greatest you can catch me on linkedin be sure to connect i'm lou carloso the managing editor at bai we'll see you soon so long